Welcome back to Lead with Empathy. I am on a recording roll. I had told myself that I really needed to sit down and record a bunch of things because I've been doing interviews, which are awesome, but I have all this material and all of these things that I've written down forever that I just need to sit down and record. And this is the next episode to what I call the Holly's Health Hub, which, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure. I really like that. I needed some, I wanted some name for it, but I really couldn't think of anything. And now I think it sounds kind of corny, but whatever. So the last few episodes, if you have not listened in, were what the health series that I kind of created and I've had written down, I just need to sit down and record here today, some of it. Um, But I did an episode all about my relationship with food and self-esteem. And if you haven't listened to that, I think that's really important. Um, And the other episode that I did was about things that I have removed from our family's pantry and fridge and diet. And that is not to say that those are 100%. And other than food dyes, I'm very against food dyes. Um, We do not consume them to our utmost, try pretty much 99.9% of the time, um, unless it's an accidental exposure, but I am very flexible. I am not a food shamer. I am not, um, I love chips and coffee creamers next as much as the next person, but that episode is supposed to be an, a deep dive into your pantries and your fridges and looking at things that you can make changes and choices and change with your, um, in your family's eating. Today's episode, I want to go over more of how I changed how I view food, how I cook, and how I got into doing more of a home-style cooking and why I think that is so important. I want to focus more on the positive today and not like, oh, this we're going to remove this. I really want to focus on things that, why I add things into my diet and how I've added things into my diet. And I still haven't decided if I should just record this and make like a YouTube or something. Um, but if you want to, in the show notes, go to my website. I am. I do have this email subscribe list. I have not sent anything else out yet because I don't want to spam people and send a bunch of things out. But I do have a list of things that I plan on sending out to people. Uh, I do have a gluten-free pantry list. I'm working on recipes. I want to send. I'm not going to spam you. I feel like I get. I don't know about you. But I have so many things that I've subscribed to that I don't use. So I'm not looking to overwhelm you, but at least once a month, send something really quality. And that may include some video of like how I cook and what I do and how I like what my pantry looks like and what my fridge looks like. And just because I know some people are more visual than just like a blog post or a podcast. So I will decide at some point how I want to do that. And as always, none of this is meant to be medical advice. It is meant to be educational and supportive. I am not a dietitian or a nutritionist. These are just things that I have learned over time that have improved my gut, improved how I feel, how improve how I live my life, how I care for my family. And I truly believe that food is medicine. I am constantly learning. I am adding new things. I am changing things. There is nothing wrong with that. And I also don't hold shame. I try not to think about, man, I look back, actually, I just looked at pictures yesterday of my two kids that we were out traveling and I don't, they must have been probably close to like two and a half or three and four. And we were traveling and they were eating a bag of Doritos and Cheetos. 
And now, uh, because those things have food dyes and the processed food, I just don't, I really try to avoid those things. And I looked at it really quick and I was like, wow, Holly, why did you even do that? You know about those processed foods that age. Why did you? And I said, stop. There's no reason to feel shame. That was what, two and a half, three, four years ago. There is no reason to hold shame for that. You can make choices now and today for your kids. And that is what matters. You can make changes. It's simple as that. It doesn't have to be, there are certain things that can be overnight, but I look at it more as a longevity. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, but there are still little changes and we can stop making excuses about the little things that we buy or the little things that we feed our family that can make a difference. But again, I don't want to focus on that stuff today. Today, I want to talk about food and cooking and why I think We actually, it's really interesting and fun for me to see all these people in my life and on social media making sourdough bread because I saw on someone's profile that was like, she's like an OG sourdougher before it was cool. And right now it really does feel like it's a cool thing, right? Like to make sourdough and homestead and all of that, where there's been a community of that forever. Now it's just getting social media and attention. And when I was growing up, and again, I don't hold shame to like anyone in my life, but my parents, it's we didn't really do a whole lot of like sitting down and eating together meals. Um, my mom did cook and things. It's just we didn't have that structure in our home as much. And but my husband was really used to it. And I learned to cook honestly because of um, as I learned when I was in high school, I was trying to prepare things, more proteins and just trying to figure out like what was going on, why I didn't feel good and reading from women's health magazines and trying to better my, my nutrition. And that's kind of where I started when I was learning about food and cooking. And then I went to college and it was really hard because I did dining hall food for two years. And actually we were very lucky. We were, we had great choices. Like We had an omelet bar, we had salad bars, and it was exceptional for dining. Where I went to undergrad, it was actually very exceptional um, for what you could get, uh, for sure. But, um, and then in, you know, I'm in college, I'm on a college budget. Uh, When I was a junior, I did a lot of like egg sandwiches and spaghetti and whatever. And then when we graduated, obviously, I had more freedom in eating. We had roommates, but um, this was before I was diagnosed with celiac disease, and I didn't have a lot of still flexibility with my eating, still overcoming like a lot of the challenges of having the taste buds of a four-year-old, honestly, and having large quantities of food. And then when I was diagnosed with celiac disease, it was like, boom, you can't eat out 99% of places. You can't just deal, you have a lot of these modern conveniences. And honestly, it was a, I don't want to say depression is a hard word, but that is one of the things I talk about in my celiac disease episode is it's like a wham in the face of all of these, like I don't go out to dinner and I don't have date night with my husband because there's really no place around here that we can go out to eat. And it's kind of at times depressing that I just can't, I used to love to go out to dinner, especially with my grandfather when um, he was alive. We used to go out to dinner and I really enjoy it. I I enjoy the atmosphere of like a restaurant and unfortunately I just can't eat there. So there are a lot of foods that I know are really good, including like American Chinese food and things like that, that like every once in a while are fun to have. And all of a sudden you can't have those things. So what I had to do is learn how to cook them. So I was very much forced to learn how to cook. 
So there are these people who have like always their families cook. They've been, you know, cooking from scratch forever, which is awesome. But that was not me. That is something that I have kind of learned over time because I was honestly forced to do it when I was diagnosed with celiac disease and couldn't consume gluten and all of these modern conveniences. So I remember one of the first things I learned how to cook was chicken parm because it was something my husband and I, he really enjoyed and I needed to learn how to cook that. Um, so that way I can enjoy it. And I quickly learned that there are, unfortunately, my goodness, I can't imagine having celiac disease 20 years ago, but now being gluten-free is very easy. And I make some of the best gluten-free chicken parm. I don't even think you can tell it's gluten-free. I used to cook it for my my father-in-law when I lived with them. He could never tell, he didn't care and he's not picky, but he would know. And when I cook certain things that are gluten-free now, people have like no difference. I, I, they, or they can't tell the difference. I notice certain things, but overall, when it comes to baking and a lot of cooking, I just don't have a problem anymore. And I will say when you switch to gluten-free, just because you're gluten-free does not mean you are necessarily healthier. So don't think like, oh, you switch to gluten-free cooking and, and baking and all of a sudden um, life is better. When I first switched over to gluten-free, I, I was kind of like, wow, a lot of these products have a lot of crap in them, a lot of sugar, um, because they're trying to give them flavor because gluten actually gives a lot of things flavor. So it's just because I'm gluten-free does not mean it, it's healthier. But when I first had to go gluten-free, I did probably consume a lot more processed gluten-free things than I should have because thinking like I have to be gluten-free and I want some of these things. I want pizza. I want whatever, but I can't have like, I can't go out and get one. I have to get one from a grocery store. And so I did battle a lot of that in the beginning and I did consume a lot of processed gluten-free things in the beginning of my journey. But when I was first diagnosed and going gluten-free you know, it eliminated a lot of my abdominal pain, but I was still dealing with gut issues. Um, a lot of my TMI, maybe for you, but a lot of my, like I used to yo-yo between di- uh, diarrhea and constipation and the diarrhea went away, still dealt with constipation. Um, and when we finally like moved into our home and I really wanted to start even cooking more and learning about cooking and how to properly cook, cook meat and how to like roast vegetables and like just challenge myself. Like I always thought like I only liked salads in terms of vegetables and I didn't like roasted vegetables and same with my husband and that he didn't like, you know, roasted vegetables. He only liked them raw and I needed to learn how to cook because really started to learn about like and wanting to remove processed things from my diet. And I was learning about spices and I was learning about fresh parsley and just just different things that I could improve the quality of what I was eating for myself. And I think a big factor of that was also when I had my son, my first child, and I was like using some of the modern conveniences and I just didn't want to, but yet I also didn't know how to incorporate things. If he, if I wasn't eating them, how was I supposed to teach him how to eat a roasted vegetable if I didn't eat them? So Um, hear me when I say like, if uh, you're going through these things and you think it's an overnight fix or think that I'm coming from a space of perfection, I just want you to hear that I am not perfect. I am still making, I've made huge leaps and bounds and it has drastically improved my health, but I am constantly making improvements and changes. So please just hear that. But when it comes to cooking, um, honestly, a lot of what I started to learn was from, uh, guys, grocery games. 
each of my postpartum experiences, I remember particularly with my second, I watched a lot of guys grocery games and I still do. It's some of the few, like I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I just don't, but I still watch guys grocery games. And I've learned so much about like different cooking strategies and different ways to like, I was um, at one point craving like chicken, uh, fried chicken sandwiches. And again, I can't get them anywhere else. So I'll cook them in my home. And so I was learning like, okay, what can I different ways to make a chicken thigh into like a crispy chicken sandwich? And I'm not saying that's always the healthiest either, but I, I think I do a pretty good job. But you know what I mean? Like I just needed to learn how to use the tools in my kitchen, baking and pan frying or roasting or whatever it is. And to be honest, I learned a lot of that from Guy's Grocery Games. Now, I'm not saying that everyone too needs to all of a sudden love cooking because now I love to cook. I love to cook because I also have found like I save money because we don't eat out and we eat good quality food. And when my husband has gone places, he's like, yeah, it was good, but you can make it just as good. And that makes me feel good. And I just don't have the desire necessarily to, uh, I just have this desire to make fresh whole food things for my family. And I really am starting to see a lot of that on social media. And I hope I continue to see that because I think we grew up in my generation anyway, with a lot of the glitz and glamour of modern conveniences and fast food and all these things that are around us, even when it comes to like iced coffee and stuff like that. And all of this we can make in our home. And it brings me a lot of pride. And even if you're like, Holly, I don't enjoy, I don't love, I don't want to be a chef. I don't want to be a cook. I, okay, I hear you, but at what cost? So if you are complaining of, I've said this in other podcasts, but like belly aches, cramping, bloating, fatigue, body aches, um, crankiness, uh, irritability, and you eat, you wake up in the morning and you go to one of your local stores and get a nice coffee with four creams, four sugars, fake sugar, and a breakfast sandwich from them. And then at lunch, you are eating a sandwich and chips and maybe having another caffeine beverage. And then at night, you're eating a frozen pizza and whatever. And, and then you look at me and you say, oh, I don't know why I don't feel good. A lot of it is diet. And it's not, I'm not saying this to give you shame. I was like that. I was that person and I felt like crap. And now I don't. I mean, sometimes I do when I consume those things, but on a spectrum, I do not live by the toilet. I do not deal with all of these stomach issues. And a lot of it came back to learning how to cook. And you have to ask yourself, what if all of that went away? What if all of the food, all of these like convenience things, all the processed stuff, all the fast food, what if it all just disappeared for one reason or the other? I'm not going to I'm not going to make up a reason why. Just imagine what would you do? You would have to cook, right? That's why I started a garden because I wanted to learn if in an instance where we needed to grow our own food, at least I would have some idea. I am not a perfect gardener. I do not plan to be a perfect gardener, but I have still learned these little things because what you have to think about the what ifs and it's not to scare you, but I think one to feel better if you are looking to improve how you feel on a day-to-day basis, a lot of it comes back to nutrition. A lot of it comes back to the food you consume. And I, we still enjoy things like baking cookies and muffins or whatever in our house, but we remove all of the preservatives and all of that by in reducing really a lot of our sugar intake 
by consuming and making those things in our home. So let's start, let's make this easy and start with, let's start with breakfast. So um, breakfast sandwiches, because those are a convenience you can get other places. I will never demonize a breakfast sandwich. I love them. It's one of my favorite things. And I make them and have made them in my home. And you can start with a couple brands that I think of if you aren't gluten-free are like Dave's Killer Bread makes really good breads. They actually make a breakfast bread and they also make English muffins and bagels and things like that. You can use those with, I use uh, pasture raised uh, eggs that I just think those eggs have more flavor too. They are better for you, but they also just generally have more flavor. You can get, if you can um, deal with cheese, you could get a real uh, either raw cheddar or they make organic. I'm not really big on cheese because we have a child that doesn't eat cheese. So um, you could do that or you could find an alternative. They make other alternative cream cheeses. I know I'm really difficult, but I have a cashew allergy. So a lot of those alternative products are like almond and cashew based, which we don't have um, in our household. But those are some great options to put on something as part of a breakfast sandwich. I also buy from ButcherBox. They make a breakfast sausage that I'll make into patties throughout the week. And those are quick for good for breakfast sandwiches. My kids also, we use the Applegate breakfast uh, sausages that are obviously those things are pre-made, but they still are a good option for some proteins. We also do uh, a lot of fruit and berries. Um, I also do for breads. Now, if you make, if you can tolerate gluten and you make your own sourdough, I do recommend it. I think it's great. It's awesome. For someone like me who doesn't, I someday would love to make my own sourdough, gluten-free sourdough, uh, but I tried and I failed, so I need to do it again. But I use um, either Canyon Ranch, I think is the brand, and also Bread Seriously. Those are, if you want a list of some of my gluten-free items, you can go to my blog. I'll have it linked and my show notes, but um, there is a PDF file that I've created that has all of these things that I mention. if you're going gluten-free just to have lists of things. But also I've learned like I never used to eat mushrooms and I was like, Holly, why don't you eat mushrooms? And that was really just something that was in my head, but I started incorporating them with spices. So I would put, um, I cook usually with avocado oil and I know there's something, there's information out there, out there about not using uh, seed oils like avocado oil and heating them. And that's not the best for you, but I can't use butter. I don't, um, it's hard. I don't tolerate butter. My son doesn't tolerate butter. Um, we don't tolerate ghee. So this is what I'm using, but we use, um, avocado oil and I will saute for myself, um, and my husband mushrooms and use spices like garlic powders and, um, sea salt. I love Redmond sea salt and pepper and, paprika and just different spices. And I, when it comes to using spices and herbs, you just have to go for it. You, you know, if you follow, I do love Pinterest. That's a great place to start. I also like half-baked harvest. I have to modify things so that they're dairy and gluten-free, but she's also, Tegan Gerard also has like some great recipes. And obviously she puts like how much you should use and in recipes and gives you amounts. But when I started cooking, and I think that anyone when they start cooking shouldn't measure, I think you should just go for it because that's how I learned how to cook. I just started buying some of these dried spices and then later the fresh herbs and just went for it. And sometimes things came out not perfect, over salty, under salty, under flavored, over spiced. But I just kind of figured it out. And that's how I learned to figure out what I enjoy and what I don't enjoy. 
And that's how I learned to like curry spice because my husband had been in one of his clinical rotations somewhere that they had real curry. And I didn't think it's something I would enjoy just because I told myself I wouldn't. And then so I just decided one day to like look up a quick recipe of, okay, what do I need for this? And then I just went for it. I wasn't too picky about it. And I started, I made like a curry chicken and I was like, wow, I actually really enjoy this. And sometimes when I first started cooking, I was like, oh, I didn't add enough spice or I added too much. And I just played around with it. And now I know like without looking how much I need, I don't need to measure it. I just kind of go for it. And I think everyone should do that because if you are going to let that hold you back, like if you're like, oh, it's going to take me so much longer because I need to measure everything. No, just go for it. Lots of sprinkling of just different spices. My go-tos are usually garlic powder, paprika. Um, We use curry for certain recipes. Sea salt, uh, it's Redmond Sea Salt is the brand that I like. Um, Or I've also used, I think it's called Maldive Sea Salt. I've used that. It's larger flakes, but I've used that on other things, other cooking ground pepper, um, cumin, if you're going for more of like a Mexican style, like tacos, I use rosemary and oregano when I'm going for more like a Italian style. And I've added those spices into things when I've made bread to make it more savory and just really playing around with it. And sometimes you're going to maybe be like, well, that wasn't delicious or that wasn't very good. And you'll just have to learn what you liked and didn't like. Like I will tell you, I don't love cumin. It's not my favorite spice, but when I make tacos and stuff like that, I do use it, but it's just not my favorite. But you will learn what you like more or less of. Um, and like, if you like spice, you can do chili powder and I'll, depending on depending on what I'm making, I will use things like that. But I have just found that even when I make like my chicken parm or I make anything and I add those spices, it it just makes a huge difference to how much and what I consume. It's the same with vegetables. So I've said this on other podcasts, but you're not listening to a person who will sit down and eat a kale salad with salmon and think it's just like the best. Now, have I had that? Yes, I do enjoy. I do enjoy salmon and things like that, but I'm just not, it's, it's not like I have the best eating habits and always have. It's, it's, it's something I always have to think about. Um, because I am just always battling, I guess, uh, bad taste buds. I, I have great, vastly improved to them, but I am not perfect. Um, and I really have to make an effort. So when I think about, um, how many more vegetables I consume now, it is wild. I learned to just like roast veggies. And what I mean by roasting is just (laughs) seriously, just putting them in a pan and cooking them in the oven. But I, it's, amazing to me how much more I enjoy things that I never really consumed like uh, butternut squash, sweet potato. I've always liked carrots, but how much it like elevated they are just by adding some spices. Um, I love Clean Monday Meals has a ranch powder that you can make like a homemade gluten-free ranch with, but I also use it on like everything. I use it to make dressings. I use it on my vegetables, when I'm roasting vegetables, I use it on chicken. I literally use it on on so much. They also have like a chicken ramen and they have all these other seasonings, but I use the ranch a lot. And I just started throwing it on so many things. And it's wild when I think about how many more roasted vegetables I consume just by throwing on this powder. So if you are one of these people who just like get into the habits of modern conveniences and you're like, it's wintertime and you don't really feel like a salad and you've never been a vegetable person. That is just a, that's a thing you're just going to have to overcome and just 
start adding spices to your life. Now, um, on that note, I have been seeing all this conflicting stuff about like meat, no meat, vegetables, no vegetables. Like I, I can't handle, I can't even handle that stuff. Look, I am a, I truly believe in like meat, vegetables, fruit, um, the, the basics. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give a lesson on any of it. I, I believe in balance and I consume all of those things and try to consume them in balance. But if you're one of these people who just really struggles like to consume vegetables, like I have been, and you want to incorporate them into your life because you're trying to replace the, obviously like the processed things in your life, then this is a way to start. It's spices. I'm telling you, you will find things you have to experiment, but things that you really enjoy. And I have also, it's been a way for me to get creative with making like my own dressings and toppings. So I'll need to share this um, in my, uh, or make like a, I have it actually started, but I make two dressings and I use one of these dressings on like everything as a marinade for chicken and I use it on vegetables, but it's avocado mayo, avocado oil, and this ranch dressing and some vinegars and just different things. And I make my own dressing. And that has been also very helpful in increasing my consumption, like in the wintertime of roasted vegetables. And in the summer, I love it for salads and like kale and things that I typically, it's not like the bitter things um, I struggle with. And that has significantly helped. And I've just, honestly, that was something I just created on a whim, just nothing fancy, just experimenting. And I feel like we're so worried to like experiment and we have to follow recipes and whatever. And sometimes you just need to experiment and learn what you like and don't like. And that sometimes I make this dressing perfect. Sometimes I don't, I don't care. I just go with the flow and it keeps my stress level low when it comes to food, but it definitely increases the consumption of what I eat. And actually, um, my youngest really enjoys the dressing too. And it's a way to decrease some of the processed stuff. And I don't buy processed dressings and things like that anymore. I don't have to because my husband and I love this. And then I also make a honey mustard dressing and it's literally organic honey um, or a chosen brand avocado mayo and the Primal Kitchen organic Dijon mustard. Three ingredients, that's it. And in the summertime, my kids will use it to like dunk their chicken in and whatever. I haven't made it in a while. But that is a super easy, quick thing that I either like saw or made on my own. I don't even remember. Um, it's just getting creative and saying like, I'm not going to buy some of these quick dressing things that have all these ingredients and I'm going to just try this myself. And you may just be like I was surprised at how much you enjoy doing it, but also how much better you feel. I really think that removing some of these like inflammatory oils that are found in dressings, that's just a big one, or all these marinades, um, these fancy marinades. I still use one that is a barbecue sauce that's pre-made. I haven't been able to like figure out how to make my own or what's like a really good clean barbecue sauce. And I'm sorry, sometimes in the you know, in the summertime, I just want barbecue chicken. Um, so I need to figure that out. But uh, you may be surprised of how good you feel and how much you enjoy just experimenting with it. I didn't go into this saying I'm going to be a chef or like I'm going to really enjoy this and binge guys grocery games. I just really started to enjoy it and starting to see like, Holly, you can do this. You can cook good. You can make these meals. You don't have to go out to dinner to make this. You can make meat taste good. You can make vegetables taste good. And it was really motivating. And I just had to get started. And that's what I want you to do too, is just start experimenting. Last night I made, um, I really want to start to incorporate apple cider vinegar, which I don't love, 
um, and like fresh spice, uh, fresh herbs more into our diet in the winter. I did in the summer, but not as much in the winter. I want to incorporate more of that and more lemon and just olive oils. And I want to try to incorporate that into our diet. And so yesterday I got a little food processor that I'd gotten a while back and I just chopped up fresh cilantro and parsley, put in some lemon juice, a little bit of apple cider vinegar. I did too much to be honest. And next time I wouldn't use as much but I did that and I did, oh, I'm trying to also incorporate raw garlic into our diet. And I mixed that up with some avocado oil because I was out of olive oil too in a food processor. And I dunked like our, our put it on our vegetables last night and it wasn't perfect. I used a little too much apple cider vinegar, but I was like, you know, this is actually really good. And I, it's, it would, it was full of things that I just have. It's so good for you. Everything in there is so good for you. And my middle child actually ate it and consumed it. And I was so happy. Um, the other ones didn't like it, which is okay. It is like a different flavor and taste, but like 10 years ago, I never, ever would have done that. Um, even maybe five years ago, I don't think I would have ever done that and said, Oh, Holly, you would enjoy it. But I don't wouldn't have known if I didn't try and also just play around with the flavors and know, OK, next time I need to use less of this or more of that or whatever. But it is possible to enjoy things that you never thought you would. And as I kind of said, when you start to incorporate these things into your diet, you automatically reduce the other things that you want. Like in the other episode, I talk about um what I've removed from my family's pantry. And when you start to cook with more whole foods and spices or whatever, you automatically reduce your consumption of all of these like processed um, sauces and preservatives and oils and all the things that I don't want a lot of in our diet. When you make it homemade, you automatically just decrease all of that. It's wonderful without even thinking about it. And again, if you are dealing with chronic symptoms, um, especially when it comes to like gastrointestinal symptoms, you may notice a drastic change in your, like how you feel just by eliminating a lot of those processed foods. I know that is a huge, huge reason why I feel so much better than I ever have. Um, it's this drastic reduction of all of the processed stuff and focusing on what I can cook myself. And that is whole foods. It's really interesting too. I'll have to share this on my social media, but, um, if you don't follow his name's Dr. Josh Red on Instagram, I really enjoy a lot of his content and he is talks a lot about autoimmune disease and he has a great post on why we should like why gluten and um, why we should remove gluten from our diet if we're dealing with autoimmune disease or have symptoms of autoimmune disease. Um, and I don't want to go too much into that, but essentially he also talks about like, uh, gluten and its relation to Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid thyroiditis and how removing gluten from our diet because of the way it's processed and the, um, pesticides that are used on those products, how it has impacted the gluten and how we are so sensitive to it in our society, etc., and why we should try to remove that from our diet. And as I said, um, when I was diagnosed with celiac disease, I had no choice but to remove gluten from my diet and it resolved a lot of symptoms, but it didn't take it all away. So, but when people are dealing with symptoms, I do usually recommend removing gluten from the diet and doing a trial and seeing if your health improves. And sometimes I wonder if that is because we are removing gluten from, and it's the gluten itself, or also that we are being forced to try new foods and we are removing a lot of the modern conveniences and you can't just go to a fast food restaurant and order a cheeseburger. You have to make it yourself. Now, as I said, you can get some really crappy 
ingredient gluten-free buns, but if you're being mindful of that as well, or just skipping it all together, you're removing so much of that processed stuff. And I always wonder if it's the gluten itself or also just removing a lot of the modern convenience. I feel like I skipped ahead because I was talking about um, breakfast, but um, because I, when I started to learn how to cook too, I was like, what else can I do for breakfast? I mentioned the mushrooms. I would do breakfast bakes. I've done, I've made homemade quiches and thrown in vegetables that I've like uh, sauteed in a pan first and used a bunch of spices and we don't do a lot of dairy in our, so I don't do cheese anymore, but I would add those into eggs. And then I found like a gluten-free pie crust that doesn't have the best ingredients, but it still kind of would hold the structure of the quiche. Or I have broken up um, the bread, seriously bread. They make a really huge loaf of it. And I have chopped it up into tiny pieces and used that to make like a breakfast bake that I'll put in the breakfast sausage with. Um, I've also used those to make my own croutons for salads. Um, and again, I guess I veered off again there. For, but for breakfast, I have uh, oatmeal. It's funny because I've seen these things against oatmeal as well. Um, I have used oatmeal like in made oatmeal for my kids. And usually what I do, it's a um, one degree oat, I think is the brand name. I use that and I'll use just water or coconut milk. And I'll add um, for sweetness, I will add a dab of like real maple syrup versus putting sugar, like other sugars in there and adding fruits. Um, and that's not really cooking, I guess that's just like making oatmeal, but again, it's like taking away. I'm not just doing a package of oatmeal that has all these things added to it. I'm starting plain and I'm practicing myself and adding flavors just to experiment with it and see if I can get my kids to enjoy just foods as they are with natural things and natural spices. And that includes natural sugars. I really only use, I try anyway to use natural sugars like maple syrup, maple sugar. I do use like coconut sugar and baking and stuff and just to reduce like our sugar uh, intake. And I have no problems using those in replacing products. Um, I'm working on my recipe list as well, but when it comes to lunch um, and rather than getting a lunch out like a sandwich, I found that if I roast um, chicken thighs, just regular old chicken thighs. I like chicken thighs because they have more fat. So they just, um, hold better flavor and they don't dry out like a chicken breast. And so I will roast chicken thighs with a ton of the spices I already mentioned, paprika, salt, pepper. I don't, I just grab and I throw now. So I don't even really think about it, but, um, curry powder sometimes, and I will roast it, cook it, and then throw it in my KitchenAid mixer And when you do that and and like it tosses together, it shreds it and then I'll add a little mayo and that's what I use for chicken salad. And I have used that for sandwiches or on top of salads and use the dressing I've already made. And I just discovered that by like one day just trying it and it's wonderful. It's a great option, especially I used to make it when I worked outside of the home. I've made it in the summertime. That way it's an option for my husband that he can make a, like bring it for a sandwich or again, top of a salad or whatever it is. You can just eat it. Actually, it's delicious even with crackers or um, as a snack. So I just discovered that by experimenting with food. So that's a great lunch option, a quick, easy lunch option. And honestly, when it comes to um, lunch, I, that lunch has always been my struggle um, since having kids, because I feel like that's when the chaos is when they're with me. And when I used to work outside of the home, it was like, okay, what can I bring? And that's fast and quick and getting the kids out of the house on the time, uh, out on time. So that's where dinner, breakfast and dinner have always been really my focus because if I make a really good quantity, quality dinner, I can just use it for leftovers. So I got 
really better with eating lunch when I started to cook better dinners. And I did go through a phase where I've had lunch for protein, uh, protein shakes for lunch. And I will say I'm, I don't hold shame for myself for doing that because you know what, it was better than nothing. And, um, I, it kind of forced me to learn that lunch, I really needed to make some improvements and I needed to eat more throughout the day. So that way I wasn't eating as much at night. Um, but for dinner, um, I, when I started to learn to cook, I again, used all those spices on like when I cook chicken and steak and, um, I like a, it's a gluten soy free teriyaki cocoa amino teriyaki so it doesn't have all of some of the other ingredients in it I do think it has a sugar content in it because of something in it but it's very good and I use that on um on my meat as well and it's delicious and it like made a huge difference in how much um I consumed sometimes and uh, I, I try not to I pull back on it because I like it a little too much and I think it does have sugar in it um, or it's a natural sugar I think it's um, like raisin or something like that but I still it does still have sugar in it um, but I just started to experiment with what I liked and like the fresh spices that I liked on those meats and I would just kind of double the portions when I was cooking so that way I would have enough for lunch I also discovered uh, using, especially in the winter time, I love to use bone broth and bone broth has, I've made my own bone broth now. I feel so fancy, but also kettle and fire makes a good bone broth that I will cook our rice in for extra protein. I will use it, um, like on even tonight or when kids have, my kids have sports or events or whatever, I will just throw vegetables and that bone broth in with some spices and some meat, throw it in a crock pot, or I've actually kind of sauteed in a Dutch oven and done all of that and added that in with a can of coconut milk and chicken and either done it in the oven or a crock pot and um, to make a curry chicken. And I usually make a double batch so that way my husband will have it for dinner and then we'll have it for a couple of meals. And it's absolutely wonderful. And it has made a huge difference in the way I eat because I don't have to worry about getting some of these modern conveniences or stopping at a store and getting a sandwich that even if I could, if I didn't have celiac disease um, and how much better I feel because I'm getting probably more protein. Because if you go to one of these places, it's usually like one slice of ham and one slice of cheese and you're not getting, there's just no way you're going to meet like your protein needs that way. Or at least like from a quality standpoint, even if it's like a steak and cheese, I have made myself a quality, like a leftover steak and cheese and it's absolutely delicious and I'm getting more protein. So you probably hear in my voice, I'm getting like a little higher. I get a little, um, a little excited. I'm a little passionate about this. It's because um, like when I did my other podcast on picky eating and children, I really am about like we can make these choices and these changes to decrease the consumption of the processed and convenience food out there by just doing it in our home. And I, I just truly believe that I get passionate about talking about it in food because even if you don't, you, you can tell me until you're blue in the face that you don't like to cook. And part of me wants to say, well, too freaking bad. Like you need to figure this out because if you want to decrease and you want to feel better and you want to improve the longevity of your health and what I keep saying, like generational health, health of your family, then you need to at least do something in your home to decrease your consumption of 
these processed foods. And that all comes back to cooking. Again, you've heard me say this in other podcasts that comes down to a lot of preparation and thought. And it means like thinking about for the next week, what do I need? What do I need to either pick up at the grocery store or get delivered? And um, which is wonderful now that you can just do pickup for food. And it means when I honestly like go, this is a lot to do with celiac disease, too. But um, even when we prepare to go to a barbecue or we're going to be somewhere for the day, I'm always thinking, OK, what do I want? Do I want to prepare um, my family like a pasta salad that has quality ingredients and quality dressing on it? And I can just take it with us to that barbecue so I know it's something that I can eat and still something I enjoy. I always, this is what it's like living with celiac disease is going to a barbecue and only be able to eat the watermelon um, when there's like chicken and pasta salad and potato salad and you don't know you can trust it. Um, Just imagine if like you had celiac or an allergy or whatever, and you always had to be prepared. That's my life. And if you want to improve the quality of your eating and your family's eating, that just takes a little step back of like, I need to think ahead. And in the summertime, that's why I try to always have ingredients for things like that, because if we're getting ready to go or we suddenly get invited like the next day, I like to have those ingredients in my pantry, in my house, that I can make something quick and fresh that I can eat and that my family can eat and I can just like grab chicken and throw my marinades on it or whatever, or pre even pre-cook it and it's cold and bring it with me and throw in a salad or whatever. Um, and that just takes a little extra preparation, but it, it is worth it. All right. I'm noticing the time and I don't want to go, um, too crazy with the timing here. I could just, as you can probably tell, go on and on. I do want to talk about, um, really quick, cause I've mentioned organic, why organic foods? Why am I mentioning organic? And honestly, that comes down to reducing the toxic burden in our families. So reducing the exposure to things like pesticides and I, um, I will have to include maybe in a blog post, some of the resources of where I've learned of why we switch to organic. Um, but I want you to hear that I don't feel that organic is all or nothing if, because unfortunately organic is more expensive for the most part. I have gotten creative with it. To be honest, I do most of my grocery shopping at Walmart and I find that, um, I have great produce. I can get organic choices and, um, that's like, some of the best prices I found. And there it is possible to change to a lot of your products to organic and not go crazy with your um with cost. Uh I say that lightly because man, is it expensive right now. But some of that, as I've said in other podcasts with uh, talking about like with the kids, um, is reducing your consumption of some of these processed things. So if you're not buying a lot of like processed salad dressings and whatever, and you're making it yourself, you're buying larger like things at a time, but it lasts you longer. And if you're not buying like the cereals and all these other processed products, you can just put it towards food that is not processed. Um, but there's a really good resource, or if you just Google the Dirty Dozen, it's changing all the time, I think, for the most part. But the Dirty Dozen are things that you should aim to buy organic because of the highest like rates of pesticides in those products. And usually I always see like apples and berries on that list. But things like potatoes, you don't necessarily have to buy organic. So and I also feel like it's not an all or nothing, meaning like this week I'm going to like buy organic eggs, but next week I can't. I don't think it's all or nothing. And I don't feel people should feel shame for that because it's like with chicken or whatever. I personally, for like the apples and berries, eggs, 
chicken and meats, I really do try to buy organic because I feel like I don't want that in the things that we consume the most of, which is berries, apples, meats, and eggs. Um, But I don't otherwise, I don't want you to think because of that cost that should hold you back from not eating better. Like you, you would be better off eating a um, whole food unorganic, non-organic diet than continuing to go to a fast food place. So if you're looking at the cost of things and you're like, I can't do this this week or I can't do this at all, please know I understand, I hear, and I do not hold shame or I do not always buy organic either. There are just certain things that I aim to based off what I've read. And for me, again, those are the things that we consume the most of and everything else I try to just be flexible with because of cost. Going off of that, I think one of my goals this year is budgeting. I really want to learn how to be better about setting a budget for food. I am mindful, don't get me wrong, of like what we're consuming and how much of. We waste very little now because of how much I cook. I don't feel like I I waste a lot but I still want to be more mindful this year. Um, But some of the things that you can do to save money, definitely I think shopping online has saved me money because I have to actually look in the fridge and the pantry of what I actually need and I'm not walking around the store aimlessly or even getting like tempted to buy things because if I don't see it, I'm not tempted by it. So I definitely save money that way. The other thing that I use, so we use two different meat places. One is a in our home state and the other one, and I get points um, and reward points back when I buy from them. And then I get money off of my next orders. And I have found when I calculate it out, it does save me money um, compared to local prices. And it's good grass-fed quality beef and and chicken. And then um, I use ButcherBox. And one thing that I found with ButcherBox also, and I realize not every family can do this, but we have a chest freezer and what I do is rather for my subscription box, they will have uh, sales and I'll check every once in a while on their sales and say today they have a sale on breakfast sausage. I will add a bunch to my cart and even if I'm not ready to ship my order for like four, eight more weeks, it will still hold that same price in my cart from when it was on sale, which is pretty cool. So usually the FedEx people laugh at me, um, but I usually get large orders about every three or four months um, because I don't buy meat every day. Um, We do go through a lot of ground beef and I do have to usually buy that. But overall, I don't buy meat from other places because I, I just get it shipped to us and I tend to buy it in bulk. And that does save us money. Um, I have calculated out in the past, again, I want to focus more on budget this year and maybe give people some numbers, but when I've crunched the numbers in the past, it did save us money by doing it that way. Um, and also just having it in the freezer constantly, I'm not like always having to buy it or buy it not on sale. And that's made a difference. The other thing I want you to be mindful of is snacks, um, when it comes to budgeting. So I have found that Amazon and Walmart for me personally, have been some of the best prices. I know there's another market that people use online and I have never found that their prices are comparable to Walmart. And I'm not like at this moment and when I'm recording this, I'm not like an influencer or associate or whatever for Walmart. Um, But that's just where I'm just being honest. That's where I do most of my shopping and where I have found the best prices. When it comes to snacks, um, be mindful, especially if you have kids, of how much money you're spending on snacks. 
I drastically decreased the snacking products that I have bought for my kids. And for the most part now, I only buy like meat sticks like uh, Chomps or there's another brand off Amazon. I'm blanking on the name um, and fruit. And that's pretty much it. Um, they pouty, they're kind of pouty about it sometimes because that means I don't have a lot of like the bars and the fun things and the snack, but, uh, it really, they eat meat and fruit for snacks. And I think that's overall better for our health, but also it helps with the budget. I also have on my notes here, speaking of kids, um, getting your kids involved in eating. I would did a podcast with someone and she mentioned this, and I think it's so important that when it comes to cooking, Uh, I have to catch myself because I enjoy cooking so much. Sometimes I don't get my kids involved because I want to do it. And yet it does, it's not teaching them that they have a space in the kitchen and that we should involve them in eating and that we all need to learn how to cook. It's important skill. Um, And so getting your kids involved, I think is really important just as a side note. And we have, when we had Thanksgiving this year, uh, my husband did a lot of the the chopping for me and the kids did some chopping and they make these little wooden Montessori type knives that the kids use. And I think that's really important from, again, generational health standpoint of everyone understanding that from a, as a family, we cook meals together, we prepare meals together and we eat meals together and we can do that in our home and it doesn't have to just be in a restaurant. All right. I think that's enough for the day. Oh my goodness. 48 minutes. Sometimes I don't, I, I guess I just get really excited. Uh, You might hear that in my voice, like the time flies when I'm talking because I could just talk about this stuff all day. But I wanted to give you some idea of just, I guess, some of my uh, imperfections, but how my journey, what I, how I became, what I do now is just experimenting, truly. Um, Beef stew and these chicken curries and all these things is really experimenting. And I, again, I'm finishing up a recipe thing that I will get done um, and update the show notes when that's available, but you can subscribe to my email list from my website all in the show notes when that's available. Quick and meant to be quick and easy. I am not giving you, you should use two, two tablespoons of this and that. This is, you need to just practice sprinkling and seeing what you like and don't like, but I also want to give you some recipes of ideas to kind of get started if you're trying to revamp how your family eats and just looking for like quick, easy, fun ideas. So I hope that was helpful. Um, I am working on the next episode two of the health series, but this was meant to be like, okay, now you have cleaned out your pantries of all the stuff. You're going to buy these things that don't have a ton of preservatives. You're aiming towards whole foods. Now, what do you do with it? What you do with it is you practice and you experiment. And sometimes foods will taste great and sometimes not so great. That's the only way you're going to learn. But I truly believe that we need to go back to our roots with cooking We're starting to see that. I guess I'm just adding to that conversation, but practice, you'll fail or you, things won't taste good. That's okay. Chefs do it too. Um, But going back to those roots to improve how you feel and how you care for your family. So thank you again for joining me and we'll see you next time.